Hi there, my name is Neelik Ayers and welcome to the Ular Pari podcast, where we discuss topics of interest to the Pari community, as well as to people living with rheumatic and musculoskeletal diseases. Today, we have a very special episode of our podcast. Our guest is the first ever Pari Outstanding Achievement Award winner, Dieter Wieck. On today's show, we will be talking about his involvement as a volunteer within ULAR and ULAR Pari in particular, and how he has experienced the changes in patient representation until today. There sure is a lot to talk about, so let's get started. Thank you very much for being invited to this podcast, I think, and my special thanks also for receiving this uh, Outstanding Achievement Award. Well, you're very welcome, Titor. It's really an honor to have you with us. Now, Titor, let me start with congratulating you for winning the first ever Pariot Outstanding Achievement Award. And having the pleasure of working with you for several years, I can only say that is really well-deserved. So congratulations again. Now, when was your first encounter with ULAR and on what occasion was this? Yeah, I think my first encounter was in 2006 when I attended uh, the EULA Congress in Amsterdam just for one day. Uh, and I went to several health professional sessions and had great discussions with them, also very controversial discussions. <laughs> um, and in 2010, um, this month was my really first para encounter because I joined the patient research partner course. You also yeah. uh, organized that, and that was a great experience. And this encouraged me then to initiate a PRP network in Germany uh, with the German Patient League. And um, I think my first presentation at the Euler Congress was in Berlin in 2012. Mm -hmm. I think it was very, very nervous, and it was not very good, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like you mentioned, uh, you were also involved with the Deutsche Röma Liga at that time. And uh, what what was your role there exactly? Uh, well, I had different roles. I think uh, it started really in the mid '80s uh, when um, I was really severely ill, and I got to know people around me um, who uh, were also ill, and uh, so. Um, I started working locally and then soon became a board member of, of uh, the state organization of Westphalia. Uh, and you know how it works. Uh, if you open your mouth and it's not too bad what comes out of your mouth, <laughs> then uh, you are asked to do some other things. And then in 2010 and 2015, uh, or from 2010 to 2015, I was president of the organization. Okay. Um, and but uh, I gave up because of Eula then because uh, I thought it was too much, and mm -hmm. that's why I gave it up. And there were also some other reasons. But I still was a board member of Deutsche Räumerliga on the national level, and where also was vice president later on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you said, you're apparently having a busy life with the German Association. What then made you decide to dedicate a lot of your time to Euler then instead and, and Euler Party in particular? Do you believe there are <clears throat> benefits of volunteering in an organization such as ours, both national or international? 
Um, first, I'd like to say a thing a little about volunteering, because I personally believe that voluntary work is essential in and for a society. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every society, I think, needs volunteers. Not everything everything can be done by a state. So, uh, and I think another very positive positive thing about volunteering is that in a democracy, volunteers can shape the society, mm-hmm. uh, and that's good for the community. And I think volunteers are some kind of, let's say, uniting, unifying element in a society. Um, but um, and, and you also gain a lot personally. Yeah. You, you gain competences, I think, and competences you may use somewhere else, for example, in your job. Mm-hmm. So um, I think having a rheumatic disease, and in the 80s I had these severe health problems, um, I realized then how what it was like for people. And in those let's say in the 80s and 90s also as well, we needed information, physical exercise groups to be learned, had to learn how to self-manage our disease, I think. And that was my motivation uh, locally. There was no Dr. Google in those days. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's, I think it's great to see uh, how the world has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we've got these great new means of communication and uh, also for lots of diseases, we've got new therapies. So, um, But I think the challenges are different. And the need for voluntary work, this has really remained. Mm-hmm. So, um, And I think my Eula Pare engagement stems, stems from the fact that I'm interested in social and economic conditions people live in. Yeah, I think I'm German, but I'm a, a European. I've got a European spirit, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm very interested in other countries. And so I think that was my motivation also to do something really differently uh, compared to what I did before. So yeah. there were different levels of motivation, I think. And, and what I would like to say is, uh, and I hope it's also inspiring for others, I think Eula Para has really broadened and expanded my horizon, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it also brings together many aspects that you think are yeah. important in yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, and don't forget, we also have the the national level in mind as well. I think what we're doing on the EULA level, uh, well, it should also get down to the national level. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but there's many possibilities for, for us to exchange ideas within the Irish community and in the Euler community, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a short break now to share more information about the Euler Edgar Steiner Prize. This is an annual prize awarded to the person with an RMD, submitting the best essay describing their personal experience of living with their condition around a specific topic. In 2023, the prize was awarded to Shauna O'Connor from Ireland, who wrote about how better communication with her doctor improved her life with an RMD. You can read Shauna's inspirational essay and those of the runner-up and third-place winners on the ULAR website, ULAR.org. And don't miss the launch of the 2024 Edgar Steiner Prize topic in July this year. Okay, let's get back to our conversation. Dieter, patient representation has changed a lot over the years, and you have 
been a great deal in this. So how have you experienced these changes and is there still room for improvement? Uh, I'd like to begin again in the 80s, with the 80s and 90s, um, because in those days, I think um, it was not so difficult to, to attract people and also attract people of the community in a town, for example, uh, so that you could also reach non-members, I think. Members and non-members. If, let's say, you had an information evening or social evening, um Now, information and communication technology has changed our world. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good. But I think on the on the local level or regional level, uh, we have to be careful that we do not leave those people behind who do not possess these digital tools and these competences. Mm -hmm. This is really one danger, I think. Um, <clears throat> at the higher organizational level or um, I remember that we had only four um, competent patients on the board of Deutsche Räumerliga. Mm -hmm. uh, the majority were clinicians, um, then um, health insurances, uh, pension scheme, and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we patients were the minority. And we permanently had to fight to be heard and accepted. Within, uh, within the patient organization? Within the patient organization, Okay. But we have, we have, one has to be fair, the organization was founded uh, not by patients no. in those days. No. <clears throat> so, and gradually, we achieved to have a user-led organization. It really took yeah. a long time and a lot of battles, I must say. <laughs> and in 2010, so I was then the second patient to become president of the organization. Yeah. Um, so... On this local and also partly on this national level, um, this is another aspect. It has become more and more difficult to recruit volunteers. I don't know what it's like in your country. But uh, we feel that people are not willing to invest um, a lot of time, mm -hmm. uh, in particular permanently. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and people do not want to commit themselves uh, for this longer time. So there's a trend towards um, less intensive volunteering, I, I'd say. Uh, and I also made some experience of that people showed um, they are less inclined to accept very formal and hierarchy structures. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and looking at Eula again, um, and if you look at volunteering here, um, there are some similarities, I feel. Um With our work, we want to make a difference. That's yep. what we always say. And this is what we do, I think, because mm -hmm. we live with an IMD. We know what deficits there are. Uh, we, need, we know where there is improvement needed. And uh, we work for healthcare as it should be. Mm -hmm. That is, we work for an ideal healthcare situation. Uh, and though it is far away from perfection, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and I think here we have to be aware also when working with for Eula and with Eula, there are always setbacks. Sometimes we are disappointed that um, because these hierarchies, because these big organizations, uh, we do not achieve our goals that fast we would like to see. 
I yeah. think we work together and we know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have to see work is not always fun. So working for an organization also on the national level or the similar with Eula, I think we have to see um, we need perseverance. Yeah. We need um, competence and perseverance and don't give up so easily, I think. Yeah. No. And we also need patience then. Yeah, we need patience. Yeah, like in, right. Patients need to be patient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also a little bit about responsibilities. If I look at my own country, it's you see that we do have volunteers, but it's the responsibility that are a bit afraid of. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But 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 the key point I think is nowadays that uh, people do not want to give this time uh, for a longer time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, if you've got, let's say, project-oriented things or, let's say, come for a day or two, this is not so uh, bad and not so difficult to gain people for that. But exactly. if it is, let's say, um, you take, you do a task for three years uh, or even longer, then um, you must be committed and dedicated. Yeah. And, yeah. Exactly. That's Okay. Now, by winning the award, of course, you are still going to be involved in ULAR Pare. And I know that you have started a new exciting initiative just last year. Can you tell our audience a little bit about International Pare? Yeah, all goes back, I think, to last year's ULAR Congress um, when we had a session and it was possible to invite somebody from Africa and from South America and North America. Uh, And at the last power conference, then we were able to have a meeting. And the idea of iPower is to connect with patient organizations outside of Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our working group, uh, we have now uh, currently representatives from South, Central, and North America and representatives from Africa so far. I hope it will be able to, we will be able to enlarge the group a little and have some people from Asia as well. Wonderful, yeah. Uh, and mm, when we had our first, let's say, longer debate in, in Brussels in October, um, we saw that in spite of all these different healthcare systems and economic standards that exist, uh, um, we have got similar problems. Yeah. Uh, and the problems are, this is what we all know, Uh, oh, uh, very similar. That is, we lack rheumatologists. Another problem is that the number of rheumatologists in lots of countries will decline. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we have got this delayed diagnosis, um, inadequate access to therapies. Um, these are just some examples. Uh, but the extent of these healthcare deficits is really dramatic in some parts of the world. Yeah. Um, especially if we look at Africa, a lot of African countries, uh, sub-Saharan uh, countries. Um, and they are, there are differences between countries and there are huge deficits within countries. Um, if you look at some countries, for example, in South America. Mm-hmm. So the idea here is, well, to connect, exchange, share best practices And what we're also trying now, this is really new, we're initiating collaborative projects. 
Yeah. So this is developing. For, in October, we had our first meeting. We defined our goals. And so far, we've met virtually roughly every two months. Okay. Um, and we've had, well, t- t- today is the second webinar. So we've had two webinars then. Um, one about uh, the role of rheumatology nurses, because if we do not have, uh, let's say, rheumatologists, qualified nurses, specialized nurses, may partly at least replace yeah. rheumatologists. Mm-hmm. And this is especially um, a, an important thing in, let's say, some low-income countries. Yeah. So we talked about the role of rheumatology nurses. Um, and then now we've got another webinar about different concepts, how to enable early diagnosis. What can you do? Mm-hmm. And there are different kinds of concepts. Uh, there are also digital solutions now. Um, I know this is not really not our topic uh, now, but uh, this is what we will also cover in the future, what is possible. Uh, is there a kind of digital tool so that a patient, let's say, can identify, well, I need a rheumatologist. Yeah. So, um, so um, I hope that we will be able to meet in person at conferences, um, at congresses, because this is a great difficulty for those people who are, um, let's say, eager to participate, but um, you must have reimbursement. This is yeah. the problem. Yeah. So this will be one of the, the targets also uh, to enable in-person meetings. So let's see what will be possible. Uh, very often it has got to do with money, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, it also has to do with passion, when I hear the passion yeah. Yeah, yeah. in your yeah. voice when you talk about this uh, this initiative. So it's really wonderful of you to, to step into this. Yeah, it, what I find especially fascinating is to see what is like in African countries, in some in some uh, South American countries. And, uh, well, let's see what we can do, what we can develop, and how we can be supportive from EULA so that, let's say, at least also patient organizations uh, are encouraged there to, let's say, contribute to their little part, what they can do to to improve the healthcare system for IMD people. Okay. Well, good luck for your project. It's it's nice to see that EULA can also take a lead in in this initiative. Now, Dieter, to close with, can you you told us in the beginning that you had some um, bad memories on your first talk in Berlin, but I'm sure you also have some good memories and some memorable experiences working within our community. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the nice and maybe the less nice moments? Yeah. Uh, what I n- never forget is my first board meeting I had in Dublin, I must say, because uh, I had an evening flight and um, um, I had a, um, a conference on that day where that I moderated. So uh, I was really rushing to the airport, dropped my car at a train station uh, away from the airport because I thought, well, that's the most convenient way. And then when I was sitting in that um, train, I found I only my my bag with my laptop uh, and my documents and 
my money with me, but nothing else. I had forgotten my suitcase. Uh, but this was um, where you can buy clothing. This is what I did. But it was more important, I needed really my medication. Medication, yeah. Medi my medication. Uh, and, well, I was able to convince a pharmacist then at the airport <laughs> that I needed my medication and uh, that I also had to travel and so on. And he was great. He gave me my medication without any prescription. Okay. Uh, I, could, I, I, I could convince him. Uh, so that was really a great experience, my great board experience. No, I enjoyed in particular all these power conferences and EULA congresses, I must say. Um, not only the conferences and congresses, but being in, involved in all this planning. Uh, this is what we did together, preparing, then moderating also, and working with people then. And, and I experienced uh, this uh, so many times that working with different people. So I must really say I've really had a fantastic time, though it was work. Yeah, it was work, but it was fantastic. And I can only encourage volunteers to join Eula and Power because you give, but nevertheless, I think you will see that you will be re rewarded for what you give. So um, let's hope uh, this is also, let's say, some kind of motivation of, uh, to join EULA and your power. Okay. Well, and you were definitely rewarded with a very nice prize now, Dieter. I hope you can enjoy it, and I hope we can still enjoy your participation in many EULA projects in the yeah. future. Thank you very much, Nele. Thanks. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening and thank you to our guest, Dieter Wieck, a true example really for all volunteers within our community. I'm sure his story has inspired all of you. For more information to engage with EULAR Parry as a volunteer, check out the EULAR website on EULAR.org. And join us again for our next episode. If you don't want to miss it, Please don't forget to follow the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or other podcast platforms so that you get notified when the episode is available. Until next time.